Hello, you are listening to Canecast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management Team. Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick. And with me today, I have Julie Kudasov, Senior Portfolio Manager and Analyst with the Kane Anderson Rudnick Small Cap Quality Value Portfolio. Julie, thank you very much for being here today, and we look forward to this conversation. Hello, Jordan. Happy to be here. Julie, the first quarter of 2021 was led predominantly by low-quality equities in the reopening trade. We began to see fundamentals begin to take shape with more of a focus in the second quarter. Can you talk us through some of the key drivers in the markets that have impacted this? It was another solid quarter for the equity markets, driven by the robust post-pandemic economic recovery. Some renewed focus on fundamentals was indeed evident in June, driven by changing interest rate and inflation expectations. One significant development during the quarter, flattening of the yield curve, particularly following the Federal Reserve's hawkish turn at their June 16th meeting. Historically, yield curve flattening signals an economic slowdown or deflationary pressures. Under the current robust recovery rising inflation scenario, it is most likely telling us that the hyper pace of post-pandemic growth is unsustainable, and we may soon be returning to more of a steady state. Importantly, this is taking place against the backdrop of significant inflationary pressures on input costs, both raw materials and labor, which tends to favor high-quality companies that are generally able to more easily pass this cost on to their customers in the form of higher prices. The Russell 2000 value benchmark's performance for the second quarter as a whole, however, was still led by low-quality names, those with low earnings quality, high financial leverage, and high volatility, which is an unfavorable environment for us as investors in the highest-quality companies. Within the small-cap value portfolio, what were some of the key contributors to returns during the second quarter of 2021? Our strongest performing sector was financials, driven by Julian Loki, ticker HLI, which was our highest stock contributor for the quarter. Other top contributors were Brooks Automation, ticker BRKS, Armstrong World Industries, ticker AWI, MGM Growth Properties, ticker MGP, and Evertech, ticker EVTC. Founded in 1972, Hulihan Loki has established itself as a preeminent middle market investment bank, as well as one of the top restructuring advisors worldwide. The company continued to benefit from the robust merger and acquisition activity during the quarter. Unlike peers, Hulihan is primarily focused on smaller-sized deals, but despite the smaller deal focus, brings to bear the expertise and global presence of a bulge bracket bank. This makes Hulihan attractive to potential clients and serves as a powerful recruiting and retention tool for talent. From the financial perspective, Hulihan boasts an enduring track record of top-line growth and profitability. Importantly, the business needs little capital and therefore converts all of its earnings into free cash flow. As a result, the company maintains a strong balance sheet and returns excess cash to shareholders in the form of regular cash dividends and opportunistic share repurchases. 
On the other end, can you walk us through some of the key detractors to the portfolio during the second quarter? As I mentioned, the second quarter's market performance was driven by low-quality names, which is a headwind for us. We see companies that exhibit strong earning stability, on par or better than that of the S&P 500. In our experience, they hold up much better during periods of economic distress and consequently tend to lag the market during periods of robust recoveries. Typical for recovery, the Russell 2000 value benchmark second quarter's performance was led by cyclical sectors such as consumer discretionary, energy and materials. We shy away from cyclicality and direct commodity exposure. Not surprisingly, our weakest performing sectors were materials and consumer discretionary, sectors where holdings are particularly different from those in the benchmark. We were also hurt by the lack of exposure to the outperforming communication services and energy sectors. Scott's Miracle Grow ticker SMG, a material sector holding, was the largest detractor for the quarter. Other detractors included Thor Industries, ticker THO, WD40 Company, ticker WDFC, Cheesecake Factory, ticker Cake, and Bank of Hawaii Corporation, ticker BOH. Scott's Miracle Grow is a leading manufacturer and distributor of lawn and garden products. You're probably familiar with the company Scott's, Miracle Grow, Roundup, and Ortho Brands. And brands are important, as most people make only one soil or wheat killer purchase a year, and at a relatively low price point, are willing to pay a little more, knowing that the product will work. As such, brand strength translates directly into pricing power, which is particularly vital in the current inflationary environment. And being the largest lawn and garden product player results in multiple scale advantages, be it in national advertising or the ability to serve large customers. Scots continue to benefit from the stay-at-home environment, which has driven increased consumer engagement in lawn and gardening projects. Hawthorne, the company's fast-growing hydroponics division, also continued to deliver solid performance. Shares lagged during the quarter, however, driven by investor rotation away from the so-called stay-at-home segments in an anticipation of a post-pandemic shift in consumer spending patterns. We see these concerns as temporary in nature and continue to admire Scott's leading market positioning, which we believe has been enhanced further during the pandemic. The company remains one of our highest contributors for the trailing 12-month period. Julie, lastly, as we move into the second half of 2021, what are some of the key considerations you're looking at from a portfolio level? We're entering the second half of the year with more confidence, albeit cautiously, as COVID-19 has proven to be an unpredictable enemy, as evidenced by recent case resurgence in Europe. As noted in the beginning, one can discuss the outlook today without touching on the interest rate, environment, and inflation expectations. We see companies that are strong free cash flow generators, self-funding entities that do not rely on external capital for growth, so for them a less accommodative rate environment tends to serve as a tailwind from a competitive standpoint. As it relates to the inflation concerns, we believe that our companies are also better protected. As I mentioned, we shy away from capital intensity and direct commodity exposures, and in our view, our company's leading market positioning provides them with solid pricing power, including the ability to pass through any input cost increases to their customers. 
Needless to say that with the market at its current highs, finding attractive valuations is more challenging. But we're able to identify pockets of opportunity companies that we believe are positioned to benefit from structural shifts occurring in their industries. And the pandemic has accelerated a number of such shifts, most important of which is digital transformation. We think of ourselves as investors in businesses, more so than investors in stocks. So we continue doing what we have always done, looking for differentiated, protectable businesses. Self-funding entities producing superior returns and capital from under-leveraged balance sheets. An attractive set of characteristics which is certainly very relevant today. As always, Julie, thank you very much for your time and the insight you provide our listeners, and we look forward to future conversations. Thanks, Jordan. KaneCast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rutnick Investment Management, CAR. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of the recording, and are subject to change at any time due to changes in the market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information. This communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.